Are you familiar with the shiver down your neck that denotes forbidden discovery? A teacher who claimed to see UFOs hovering over a Melbourne school. Mr Greenwood, there's things in the sky, there's flying saucers in the sky. That quiet thrill that can only be summoned when your curiosity is truly satisfied. I've seen a few strange things, experienced phenomena that I can't explain. That undying certainty that you are experiencing something extraordinary. Modern science was founded by an angel. If you are curious, then I welcome you to mysterious and unusual events. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this podcast, the first of many of Mysterious Unusual Events. This podcast was a very strange episode to research and create because things were coming out of the blue in real time. This was first recorded in 2020, around mid-2020. And so far, after about a year, we've had even more government disclosure. We've had more documents coming in, which, by the way, the disclosure document from the US government was abysmal. But still, it was something. (laughs) Better than nothing, I suppose. And... Now we are hearing that the Australian government denying any action towards studying UFOs. Very interesting indeed. What was more interesting to me was how no one cared. (laughs) No one cared at all. The only people that cared were already invested in UFOlogy and stories about alien abductions and sightings. I remember there was one YouTuber, he is a famous commentator and YouTube comedian called, his name is um, Eddie Burback, and he had one video about how he was just freaking out about how like, no one is talking about this. <laughs> and to me that's fine, I think these days old media are not very good at telling these stories, they have been instructed and conditioned to pass it off as ludicrous for decades so I don't think this is something that they are used to doing I have my own theories about why people don't really care or people are not freaking out about this um, UFO disclosure which uh, you can find on highwaybabylon.com there should be a blog or will be a blog coming out about that so after reviewing this podcast episode again I think it is good enough to put out there as an introduction to the UFO and alien phenomena the new updated stories that are coming out will be presented via new podcasts our 
YouTube channel, Highway Babylon, and also our website, highwaybabylon.com, with our blogs. I want to give a special thank you to Coag Music. You can find his music on YouTube. That's C-O-A-G Music. I also want to thank Patrick Maloney for his A&R advice and his quality control advice and helping me with this idea of the podcast and also Richard Cartwright who also gave me a lot of uh, (laughs) entertainment coaching tips and project management guidance for this podcast. So sit back, relax and enjoy the first episode of Mysterious Unusual Events. Episode 1, UFO Declassified, The Basics. just heard was a tape recording made by Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt investigating reports of first-hand contact and sightings of a triangular-shaped metallic object covered with lights that landed in a clearing in a place called Renlisham Forest late December 1980 in Suffolk, England. This discovery made by military personnel happened two days before Holt's inspection. Almost halfway into the recording, he mentions his own strange sighting. He said that this object that was four feet off the ground looked like an eye, winking at him, moving side to side with a hollow dark center, like a pupil. Before this strange and life-changing experience, farm animals were making strange noises that suddenly stopped, dead silent. There is a famous film and television trope first heard in a movie called The Lucky Texan starring John Wayne. The quote goes, it's quiet, a little too quiet. After a couple of minutes, after the first sighting, after he states that everything sounds deathly calm, the object flashes red, 
with a tint of yellow becoming brighter than usual, and the most terrifying of it all, it starts flying towards him. He then describes pieces of light shooting off this otherworldly object. Now can you imagine the emotions going through this man's mind? The feelings of shock, awe and wonder surging through his very essence, his very soul, while he finally stopped speaking as a professional army officer by saying the words, This is weird. It gets weirder. The object isn't alone. At 3.05, at about 10 degrees on the horizon directly north, two half-moon objects appear to be dancing around the night sky, obnoxiously flashing their lights until suddenly they start to shift from half-moons to full-moons. And out of nowhere, a beam of light created by this UFO hit the ground, followed by another awestruck outburst from Holt. He said, This is unreal. I agree. It is an unreal experience. An experience that has been a part of humanity for thousands of years. We can even trace back sightings of phantom ships gleaming in the sky in ancient Rome. Or even the 1566 celestial phenomenon over Basel, Switzerland that was recorded by historian Samuel Cossius. He reported this as a religious event. Well, what is a UFO? The term UFO, or Identified Flying Object, was created in 1953 by the United States Air Force. Their definition is, any airborne object, which by performance, aerodynamic characteristics, or unusual features, does not conform to any presently known aircraft or missile type, or which cannot be positively identified as a familiar object. A man named Luis Elizondo was in charge of a group of, let's just say, UFO detectives at the US Department of Defense called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. He created a list of five observables or traits with these strange occurrences. Number one, anti-gravity lift overcoming Earth's gravity with no visible means of propulsion. Number two, sudden and instantaneous acceleration. These things would change direction so quickly that no human pilot could survive the G-forces. Even the most resilient human beings would be crushed under its pressure. Number three, hypersonic velocities without signatures. These things leave no vapor trails and sonic booms. Number four, transmedium travel, being able to travel easily between different environments such as space, the Earth's atmosphere, and water. And number five, my favorite trait, low observability or cloaking. Basically, when these objects are observed, getting a clear and detailed view of them 
from a radar and pilot sightings remains difficult. Most witness testimonies usually just talk about a glow or a light around these objects, like it is made out of plasma. This makes sense, especially when almost every UFO photo or video captures a ball of light with very little detail. However, this phenomena doesn't stop with just sightings. Another occurrence that is uh, less popular in the media are alien visitations and abductions. Common traits shared by these stories include things like loss of time, sleep paralysis, physical body abductions, hazy dreamlike memories of onboard operations and experiments, and out-of-body experience abductions, just to name a few. A story of an out-of-body experience abduction was told by Scottish comic book writer Grant Morrison at this Infocon in the year 2000. He mentions his comic book and one of my personal favorite comics called The Invisibles. This was written to explain what happened to him after his abduction in Kathmandu, 1994. He does admit that he went to Kathmandu to get abducted by aliens, which is a hotspot for sightings and abductions, apparently. I went to Kathmandu in 1994 to be abducted by aliens. While Morrison was sitting on the garden rooftop of the Vasana Hotel, he suddenly makes contact with these strange-looking beings, but now no longer in its fleshly form. Morrison asked these otherworldly beings to take him to Alpha Centauri, probably a way to prove to himself that what is happening is real. Lo and behold, he finds himself at Alpha Centauri. In front of him, he could see the three stars moving according to how it should move astronomically. And they took me to Alpha Centauri and it's fucking real, it's there, there's three suns, the whole thing was moving exactly as we're told it's supposed to move astronomically. These beings start to give him information to put into his work, similar information that is given to a lot of abductees. These details will be covered in another episode, but imagine this experience happening to you. All the drama of our lives, the petty grudges, the anxieties of life washed away in an instant because of an experience that cannot be explained, that will affect your perception of reality forever. However, some people aren't so lucky with these experiences. The nights of September 19th, 1961, Betty and Barney Hill were driving on an empty, winding country road in New Hampshire's White Mountains. No cars or vehicles were seen for miles. Suddenly, they witnessed a strange light in the sky that changed direction and started following the married couple. In an area called Indian Head, this craft stopped in midair. Barney Hill got out of his car with his binoculars and tried to identify what this thing is. He described it as something that looks like a typical UFO, like a metal hat with a circular brim. 
This UFO, however, had a window with multiple humanoids looking out from it. Now remember one of the oddities I mentioned during a UFO experience? Loss of time. Well, when they finally got home to Portsmouth, it was already dawn. The couple described feeling dirty, their watches no longer working. Betty's dress was ripped and Barney's shoes were damaged that wasn't there before. They lost two hours of time. They tried to recover their lost memory with the help of a psychiatrist and the details of the recalled moments are indeed concerning. There are many weird stories like this, riddled with conspiracy and cover-ups. But what I want to share with you the most are the relationships between Blink-182, Angels and Airwaves, yes, the rock bands, and the first ever official confirmation of UFOs from the US Navy. Meet Tom DeLong, a man that sold more than 25 million records worldwide as a member of Blink-182, also the lead singer of Angels and Airwaves, now becoming a pivotal force in official UFO information disclosure. In 2017, DeLong formed To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science, which included former government employees and contractors, insiders into the world of what they call UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. In the same year, the Pentagon confirmed the existence of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. What a surprise! They knew all along and they are as curious as the rest of us. DeLong also released the now declassified video from 2015 of an encounter between a Navy pilot and a UFO. What a time to be alive. Just think for a second. 70 plus years of government cover-ups and conspiracies just to be blown open by the co-founder of Blink-182, the creator of many millennial anthems, many of which were probably played nude at live concerts all over the world. Imagine being on their tour bus and all he talks about is the Roswell incident. Actually, it sounds like an awesome experience. Well, 2017 seems like the new year of the UFO. It was also the year that NASA spotted something odd in our solar system. A project called PAN-STARS. It's an uh, astronomical observatory at the University of Hawaii. It detected something that NASA astronomer Michelle Thaler called the first visitor to our solar system that came from another star. Now this object was flying so fast, it had enough velocity to escape the sun's gravity. When this object flew past the sun in late 2017, the top speed it was going was 196,000 miles per hour. For the locals, that's 
424 kilometers per hour. That is crazy. That is about 44 times quicker than our fastest human piloted aircraft. This celestial object was given the name Uma Uma. That is the Hawaiian name, which translates in English to Scout, the first arriving of many. This was the first time NASA found something traveling from another star. This object seems to have an unusual shape to it as well. It was roughly 400 meters long, stretched out like a cucumber, 10 times longer than its width. It would tumble on its axis once every seven hours. This means it's tumbling very fast, so in order for it to stay intact, it must be made from something hard like rock or metal. As peculiar as this anomaly is, Uma Uma did something that baffled scientists. It slightly shifted off its course. Harvard scientist Abraham Loeb states that the conventional explanation of the object being a comet or an asteroid doesn't explain certain things like the lack of comet outgassing, which is the comet's tail. But this shift off its course is the most peculiar thing about it. We just don't know what it is. We don't have enough data. But man, talk about timing. 2017 was the new year of the UFO. So we have hundreds of cases and stories, eyewitness testimonials, photos, videos, some real, some fake, maybe, maybe not. We have governments telling us that this stuff is real, some of it anyway. What do I think about all this? I was never one to look very close into ufology. Ufology wasn't my main passion in the world of weirdness. However, something did happen where I just have to say right now, I saw a UFO, two UFOs in the same time to be more exact. This happened during the day uh, with a friend of mine named Gus, we were rehearsing music. We were outside and we looked up, or well, I looked up first, and I saw what I can only describe as two metallic spheres, balls. These metallic spheres flew past two um, church towers, and I remember standing up, trying to, trying to focus in on these objects. I wanted to see if they were balloons, that was my first guess. The more I looked, the more I just, it just didn't look like balloons, they looked like spheres. They were pretty close together, flying in a straight trajectory over my head. I made my buddy focus in and see these objects as well. It took him a little bit to adjust, which I found strange because there was another guy next to us with a dog and I tried to get him to look up and he didn't really want to look up and when he did, he saw him and didn't care and did what he wanted to do. No one there looked up. 
It was like something in their head told them not to. It was bizarre, it was strange. I mentioned earlier about imagining what you would feel when you see something like this. The feelings of um, not caring about the pettiness of life and looking at this impossible thing and really thinking, okay, well, what else is out there? That was something that happened to me. I felt these things. It changed the way I looked at life. It changed the way I felt about everything. Very strange experience indeed. And a little disclaimer, we were sober. <laughs> we were very sober when we saw these noiseless floating spheres. I'd like to leave you with one more curiosity. Carl Jung, the famous Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, was, in my opinion, obsessed with this subject. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to pretend I'm clever enough to understand his work, but what's most important is that he wrote one of the first books on the UFO phenomena. The book is called Flying Sources, a modern myth of things seen in the sky, from volumes 10 and 18 from his collected works. He says that it is difficult, if not impossible, to form any correct idea of these objects, because they behave not like bodies, but like weightless thoughts. It is also very important to note that Carl Jung, in the book, um, acknowledges the fact that he isn't qualified to contribute anything useful to the question of the physical reality of UFOs. Note physical reality, because he makes correlations between UFO sightings and civil unrest and mass hysteria. Make of that what you will. Well, I hope this first episode of Mysterious Unusual Events has created feelings of awe and wonder in these outlandish times. So remember to stay curious, always take what I say with a grain of salt, and I'll chat to you next time. This is Bannister, signing off.